Hey, I didn't see you there. Are you sure I clicked the right link? This is the Market Adventures podcast where we talk about investing both in stocks and in ourselves, where we learn together, earn together, and you hear how I apply the principles I share here with my own family. Now, if you are in the right place and you click the right show, then share the show on your socials to show your support. Don't buy my courses. Don't donate any money. Just help us grow. Now, let's jump right into talking about volatility and how we can use this phenomenon that we're in the midst of right now to grow a small cash account if we're starting with just $100. Now, if you've been here a while, you probably know where I'm going with this. But as I'm up about 200% using this strategy in the last month, uh, I have to share it again with you. We've talked at length about credit spreads, and I'll remind you of them briefly uh, because I've been using this technique exclusively with the S&P 500 for the last two to three weeks, and I've had a, quite a bit of success, like I said, up about 200%. Now, three things to know. Uh, one, a credit spread is when you sell an options contract and collect money and then buy another options contract um, further out from the strike price to reduce the risk of the position. For example, if Apple is selling at $100 uh, a share, a credit spread would be selling a call option on Apple uh, at a one-on-one strike price and then buying the one-on-two strike price. And you can do the same thing with puts going the other way. But whatever the cost for selling and buying each contract, the difference is what you keep. Right, The maximum amount you can lose on that trade is the difference between the strike prices, which in this case is $1. So the max loss on that example of Apple, the max loss is $100, and the credit is that you receive is the difference between the cost per contract. So if that one-on-one strike price is setting for $10 for one contract, and you sell the one-on-two strike price, which is going to be cheaper because it's further away from the money, Say you sell that one for $8, the difference is those $2, right? So it all depends on what the difference is, and that's the credit you get to keep once you complete the trade. Now, the second thing you need to know is the movement of the security, right? You have to know what a credit spread is, and then you have to know what you're doing it on, right? How fast does that stock move? What's the daily activity, the daily volume? Um, what is the float like? How fast does the stock move? The premium uh, or the cost per contract on the S&P 500, which I've been doing this strategy on for the last couple of weeks, moves very fast, right? It moves very, very fast. Uh, In addition to that, it also has three weekly contracts, which uh, are Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Those are when the weekly contracts expire. And then it has one monthly contract, just like every other stock. Now, the third and last thing you need to know for uh, this strategy to work is your edge. What do you use to find uh, uh, signals to get in and out of trades? For this particular strategy, I start with a daily chart. And uh, this is the one-year daily chart where each candle represents a day to establish the overall trend. Which way is the majority of uh, this stock or uh, the participants in this stock, which way are they moving? Remember, markets, uh, individual stocks or broader markets, tend to move in trends, up, down, or sideways. Now, when I've determined the trend, again, we're talking particularly about the S&P 500 because that's where I've been using this strategy. Uh, Once we've determined the trend on the daily chart, we look to establish at least a line of least resistance, right? 
Now, uh, think of it like this, right? Water, even though it moves in waves, it has to follow a line of least resistance, right? If you take water and you pour it onto a kitchen counter, if it can't go under an object or through an object, it zigs and zags around objects, bouncing off each one as it goes towards the, 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 the area of least resistance, which is downward, right? Gravity. That's how price moves, right? If price has been moving up with a strong momentum and has no resistance in sight, it'll keep bouncing around, but it'll move in that general direction, right? Up. Uh, and the same thing with down, right? If there's nothing there to really stop and support it, the stock will keep bouncing, bouncing back and forth, but it'll move in a general direction, which is down, right? Now, here's where I've had some success. When I see a reaction to some sort of news in the short term, and the S&P moves in the opposite direction of least resistance, say least resistance is up, and there's a reaction to the downside, right? I wait for that movement to stop. For this, I look at the hourly chart, right? The hourly chart helps me, uh, uh, helps show me when this movement is going to begin to stop. Now, this hourly chart I use covers the last five days, but I've also used the hourly chart on a 20-day span as well. But for this, we're using the five-day. Um, just for those of us who don't have a huge, big setup, the five-day will suffice. Now, on the five-day, when that particular movement or reaction to some kind of news stops going against the trend, right? Say it, start, it stops going down and starts to move sideways. Then we look to enter the trade, right? When it starts to go sideways and then move back in the direction of least resistance, now we're looking for our entry point, right? For the entry, I use the 30-minute chart and uh, the 15-minute chart, both of which are covering the last two days, now, here's everything summed up, right? The daily chart establishes direction of least resistance. The five-day hourly chart is used when the market or any stock, uh, but the market in this example, moves against the overall trend. If the trend is up and the market moves down, I use the hourly chart to find out when that reaction has begun to subside, right? And then once it begins to subside, I'm using the 30-minute and the 15-minute to uh, determine my entry, right? When I see crosses on my indicators on the 15 minute, I look on the 30 minute, I see those same crosses. Now look at the hourly, I'm looking for that setup on the crosses and then I take my position. Now these past two weeks, the line of least resistance for the S&P 500 has been down. So what has been very profitable has been waiting for the market to bounce up just like it did Monday, right? It bounced up really strong in the morning and then it found resistance, right? Finding that ceiling resistance on the hourly chart. Now, since this line of least resistance currently is down, I'm looking to sell call option spreads to collect money. Why? Because if I believe the market is coming down based on my plan, then I can sell a contract to someone else who thinks it's going to go up and collect their money. Now, the reason I do this is because if I'm going to buy um, close to the money call options or put options, if I think the market's going to go down, I want to buy put options, right? If I want to buy close to the money put options, but they're too expensive and I only have $100 in my account, I may not be able to buy a put option, right? I may not be able to afford it, nor even if I could afford it, let's say the put option is $80 or $90. I wouldn't want to spend 80 or 90% of my portfolio on one option. And if I'm wrong, I would lose everything, 
right? The better bet to make a good percentage of money on your money is to sell a, a spread in the opposite direction because that way you can control the loss, right? You're collecting that money up front. If you're wrong, the amount that you're losing is not nearly as much as if you bought a naked option, right? A naked option means not a spread, right? So the, so the key here, right, is to sell options, uh, the, the spreads, right, beyond the resistance level that's held in the past, right? If the resistance level is a whole number, that works even better. So I'll give you a perfect example of something I'm doing right now. Actually, I'm in the trade. As you're listening to this, I'm currently in the trade. Uh, today, I'll be closing a spread uh, on the S&P 500. I sold someone a $444 call option, right? The S&P right now is currently trading at 434 When I put the option on, the S&P was trading at 439 right? So when we were at 439 I sold somebody the option to buy the S&P 500 at 444 Right, so this person thinks the S&P is going to go to 444 or better. I sold them the option to buy at that at that level, and then after I sold that person that and collected, I bought a 445, which is one dollar past that. I collected twenty dollars for every one of those spreads that I put together. Now remember that the risk is a hundred dollars, right? So I'm risking a hundred and collecting twenty. That's twenty percent. Normally, if you're talking about doing a, a, a trade, you want to risk uh, on a three-to-one basis, right? So for every one, you're collecting three. However, with spreads, I look for more percentages. I'm not looking to make $300 on a $100 investment because my $100 is way more protected than if I did naked. Now, if I did a naked put option, right, not a spread, I would be looking to try to make $300 for every $100, right? Or $3 for every $1. But because I'm doing a spread, which is a much safer position to be in, I'm okay with making 20%, right? Now, at the time I did that, again, the market had met resistance at 440. I was at, I made the trade at 439. The market was struggling to get past 440. That's when I knew that the line of least resistance was beginning to hold, right? The line of least resistance is down. The market was bullish going up. And when it hit that level, that line of least resistance came back into play, right? The resistance is saying, hey, I don't really want to go up right now. I should be going down, right? Like the water that's on the counter. Now, when I saw that, I went to the daily chart and I looked back in time. I looked to the left, right? So we're on the rightmost candle, when we're talking about uh, trading stocks, options, anything, we are at the rightmost part of the chart. That is the current time. If you look to the left, you're looking at the past of the chart, right? Be it the stock, the stocks, ETFs, anything you want to look at. So at the S&P 500, when I look to the left, I noticed that there was a price that the S&P struggled to get past, and that was 444. 444 had previous intraday highs on three candles in the past and failed to get past that level. And that was at the end of September. That level is also where price has gapped down in the past, right? Twice, actually. So I know that there's a lot of activity at that level, and it's also been a rejection point for price action. So the reason that we do that is because I did this at 439. I could have easily sold a 440 or sold a 441, something closer. The reason I sell it so much further out and accept less money in the in the long run is because if I'm wrong, there's room for the stock to go up 
but it would have to get past my my uh, the contract I sold for me to start losing money. For example, right? It's let's say I sold at the four thirty nine. It came down a little and it broke above four forty. Well, that kind of sucks. But it would have to get to all the way to four forty four and past four forty four before the expiration date for me to start losing money. Anything before then, I'm in the clear. If I had sold a 440 because it was stuck at 439, then as soon as it broke 440, I'm immediately losing money. Even though I'm collecting money from the initial transaction of selling the spread or doing the spread, I'm now in the in the red because I'm going to be losing money once it passes 440. So I sell it further enough away where I'm collecting a return that I'm okay with, but I'm also protected by previous levels of activity. Now, if you stayed here long enough, because we're now 12 minutes into the episode, um, I'm going to tell you how you can do this with $100, right? The S&P 500 offers contracts in increments of $1. In options talk, $1 represents $100. So options contracts uh, on the S&P 500 are separated by $100. I sell contracts at or beyond a previous level of resistance or support, again, depending on where the line of release resistance is, either to the top or to the bottom, and I buy the next strike beyond that. That's $100 spread, and you collect the difference. Usually, I do this when the profit is $0.12 or more. So the further away I can get from the current price, the better. Why? Because if I can collect $0.20, $5 away like I've done right now, that gives me $5 worth of room where that money is safe before I start having to worry about whether I don't want to close the position, right? Now, that may not be much in the micro, right? But that re- that represents 12%, right? Again, on the current trade, I stand to make about 20% because of volatility. But if you look at the average return of the S&P 500, if you just bought the index and did nothing else for the entire year, you'd earn about 10% a year. So with that one trade, you're already doing better than the majority of traders and passive investors. If you did one of those 12% trades every single month with compound interest, right? You're looking at 12 times 12, which is 144%, but it really ends up being roughly about 13% the next month and then 14. I think it goes up by almost 1% every month if you keep doing this because compound interest is not linear, it's exponential. So if you were even to make just $12. Or if you have a $100,000 account, you do this trade, you're making $12,000, right? If you're doing this once a month, you're talking about 12% a month or more, right? Which gives you over almost 100, well, probably over 150% you're making a year, right? The only thing that changes here is scale, right? If you have a $100 account, you can have $112 or $120. Now, the next time you do a trade, you have $20 safe. You make another $20. You keep doing this until you hit $200. Now, when you hit $200, guess what you can do? You can open two spreads. So now instead of making $20, you're making $40 every single time. So now you're making another $100 in half the time. Now you're going in with $300. Now you get to a point where you're doing enough contracts that you're making $100 every time you make a contract. Right, So now you're making enough to do an additional spread every single time you do that. It's really cool. Compound interest is really cool. It all really works really nice if you are okay starting small. 
and being patient and watching that money build up slowly and being okay taking less money by going further out, right? But I've done this, right, over and over again. I would make money um, doing this, build up an account, and then I would do a naked call or a naked push. And if I was wrong, I would lose money and bring my account value right back down. And when my account comes down again, I use the same strategy to build it back up without depositing any more money, without going into my paycheck and depositing another twenty, forty, fifty, hundred dollars, anything more than that, right? I just have to do this enough times that I build my account right back up to where it was. So thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope that this helped you and that someday you'll be able to use this exact strategy to build your account. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well and remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure.